Hi, I'm Mariana Acuna, and I'm here joined by Ty Pilcher, Caitlin Gay, and Jay Strasberg. In today's podcast, we're going to talk to you about the cattle industry and how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected it in terms of feed and grain, the dairy industry, the beef industry, and lastly, the slaughter to consumer aspects. I'll start off with talking about the effects the farm and feed industries faced on a global scale, as well as plans for the next steps following the pandemic once it finally ends. World Grain RRS, in their article called COVID-19 Impacts Agriculture from Farm to Fork, says that in the U.S., the agriculture industry was labeled as critical, allowing business to continue to operate as usual despite current and potential restrictions enacted to stop the spread of the virus. The industry being labeled as critical entitled that major agribusinesses vowed to keep facilities operating by enacting stricter hygiene and sanitary measures as well as their maintained operations would be run with reduced staff. NABIM, or the National Association of British and Irish Millers, stated that, quote, It is critical that all nations acknowledge the necessity of allowing food production to continue and the importance of trade in both grain and ancillary materials, such as packaging in the manufacture of food, end quote. Another issue the industry faced was a rapid increase in demand. This increase came from shelter-in-place orders as well as panicked consumers stockpiling flour and other grain-based products. Found in the previous article mentioned by World Grain RRS, a Midwest miller said, quote, People are just buying in panic or fear now. I've never seen the shelves empty, even in the fourth quarter, because then the grocers know what's coming up and can prepare. But if the grocer can't get anything from the supplier, obviously they can't put anything out on the shelf from night to night, end quote. Data shared from some of the Midwest Miller's customers indicated a 180% increase in sales from the week of March 2nd to the week of March 9th. Additionally, China, Russia, and the United States are among the countries that have good stockpiles at the moment. So hoarding food will only cause panic in the food market, such as what the Miller said about them being unable to restock due to not knowing what is going to happen next. Moving on to speaking of some of the restrictions brought on by the pandemic, one of which being travel restrictions. Restrictions placed on truck travel as well as other antivirus measures resulted in a decline of flower shipments for the Wadeli Group in China. The Wadeli Group is the world's biggest flower enterprise. Employees from that group were locked down in their hometowns when the virus outbreak exploded and unable to return to their milling plants, further disrupting production. Also, another issue is that migrant workers involved in agriculture and food production became immobile because of border crackdowns. This has left produce unharvested and much-needed food left to rot in fields. One of the other restrictions that came from the pandemic was trade restrictions. For this topic, I have a couple examples taken from FP, also known as Foreign Policy, the global magazine of news and ideas. Their article called How to Stop a Looming Food Crisis explains how trade was affected in multiple parts of the world. Starting with municipalities in Argentina, the world's largest exporter of soybeans, closed the roads in major soybean production areas, ignoring a federal government order to keep them open. This resulted in the country's grain supplies shrinking by half until the municipalities loosened restrictions. Also, with planes grounded, Canadian imports of onions and eggplants from India have plummeted over the past two weeks. If they hope to stop the food crisis, as the article said, then the people have to realize that there is no reason for ports and global shipping to not continue operation as long as they practice preventive measures for the virus, making sure that their workers are healthy and the vessels transporting food are safe. 
As I said in the beginning, I also want to talk about the next steps following the pandemic once it ends. I call this section the looking ahead section. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development says that in light of COVID-19, ensuring that the food system is more sustainable and resilient is now an even more urgent priority. In order to look ahead and hopefully never have these repercussions again from any future issues or diseases, lessons from the COVID-19 pandemic will need to be integrated into wider responses to challenges confronting the global food system. Those challenges include the ongoing emergency of climate change and the need for the food system to be resilient to a change of extreme weather events, the need to ensure sustainable productivity growth to feed a growing world population in a changing climate while simultaneously reducing the sector's greenhouse gas emissions, maintaining biodiversity, defined by Oxford languages as the variety of life in the world or in a particular habitat or ecosystem, against the background of land use change related to agriculture, the management of new varieties and disease risks from monocultures, and lastly, a range of animal and plant diseases, including those which affect human health directly. While addressing these issues wouldn't magically fix the damage done by the COVID-19 pandemic to the industry, it would definitely help in protecting the cattle industry as well as other agricultural industries, In the future, God forbid there's another global pandemic, anything like the one we continue to face today. Next, I will be talking about the effects of the dairy industry suffered over the span of this pandemic. Hey guys, first off, thank you, Ariana, for your information over the feed and grain industry. And to start off, I'm going to kind of introduce myself to y'all. My name is Ty Pilcher. I'm currently a student at Oklahoma State University, and I'm studying animal science with a pre-vet option. But today I'm kind of going to talk to y'all about how the dairy industry was affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. So the kind of main points I'm going to go through are how the supply chain was affected, worker shortages or working environment changes, and the increased production costs from these changes we had to go through. So to start off with the supply chain, it was affected mostly by restaurant and school closures. You know, with these businesses being closed, they are not as purchasing as much as they would have if not for the pandemic. So producers and businesses are making way less money just off of that alone. Also milk supply was being dumped just because with milk, you can't freeze and store it as well with meats and grains, you know, meats and grains, you can kind of stockpile and store for a while, but with dairy products, you just can't do that. And in one situation with a farm by name of Lidl, he stated that he had dumped about 4,700 gallons of milk from his 480 cattle each day since the last week. And this was stated back in uh, August of 2020. So it kind of just shows you how much milk was actually being dumped just because they couldn't get it out and couldn't sell it to people. So once we actually had somebody to ship our produce to, it was hard to get this produce to the markets or to the businesses that wanted it. And this was highlighted and the reason for this was highlighted in an article written by PJ Huffstuffer. And what he said in that uh, article was that trucking companies that haul dairy products are scrambling to get enough drivers as some who fear the virus have stopped working. So it kind of shows you that people were scared to drive. People were scared to go and work and move these products for people. So it was really hard to try to find people to do that. So moving to worker shortages or difficulties in the working environment, As corona spread throughout the working population, it 
cause business, business closures and also cause safety concerns for other workers. You know, they didn't want to be there and potentially catch the virus just being at work. So in a study done at the University of Tennessee, it was stated that the cow to packing to trucking to bottle filler plants have all been negatively impact, impacted by these worker shortages or just difficulties with people catching the virus and, and having to close. And also children were at home without, without daycare or schooling due to the school closures and daycare closures. So workers had to stay home and care for these children. They had to teach them and kind of fill in the gaps where school wasn't there for them. Also workers had to stay home for you know, loved ones or relatives that may have gotten sick and provide that care for them as well. And also another uh, situation that really I didn't really think about that much was the citywide, citywide lockdowns over in China during the kind of decaying stages of the virus. Uh, once cities were closed down, you know, people couldn't leave their houses or leave their towns to travel to go to work or anything. So this caused a major decrease in the worker population over there just and people to work and that greatly brought down the production. And that with these uh, challenges we faced, it kind of produced an increase in production cost. And this was due to feed shortages. So we had to spend more money to get feed to us, just like with the transportation of the milk products and also with the transportation of cattle, just moving cattle to different plants or different facilities. It's just tough because these, work, these truckers don't want to leave and don't want to be put at risk. And also the worker worker environment precautions that we had to take, you know, social distancing and mass mandates also kind of cost us money in production because it lower production because, you know, you could only have people six feet apart with masks on all the time. So it kind of messed up production a little bit there. And, of course, there were layoffs due to the less income that was coming in just because people weren't buying as much. And so they had to kind of let go of some people they wouldn't normally let go of. And again, we come back to this milk oversupply and milk being dumped in mass proportions and that costing producers tons and tons of money. As we said earlier with uh, Mr. Lidl, he's dumping almost 5,000 gallons a day of milk that he had produced from his cattle. That's a lot of money. So kind of review the main points. You know, we had difficulties with distribution and we had the, war the harsh working conditions with both kind of led up to these increased production costs. And kind of to summarize and drive the point home, there is a uh, study done by a man named Dave Mead. And in that study, he stated that COVID has caused an increase in the price per gallon of milk by more than 20% from January 2020 to June 2020. And I think this is just a good uh, kind of summary of, you know, how much it actually cost us during this pandemic, what happened, what we had to go through and battle through, and how much kind of that dairy industry has taken a big hit just from COVID being around and the pandemic lasting this long. So that's all for me. So now we're going to move on to Miss Kaylee and she's going to talk about the beef industry and the COVID and COVID impact on that. Thank you. Hi, my name is Kaylee Gay and today I'm going to be talking about the beef industry and how COVID has affected it. In the beef industry, post COVID world, everyone was buying and selling beef no matter what. You could buy from the consumer and the producer would sell it to you. But due to everything that's happened in our world in the past two years, the consumers have been wanting more than what is being produced. Life has changed dramatically. Life and businesses that we know of have been altered. 
empty meat cases are due to the fact that producers can't produce as much as consumers are wanting. There are other other forms of protein on the shelves, but instead of getting those, they're going straight to the meat cases and getting all the meat before they can sell anymore. The beef industry has been trying to keep it at home base. Basically, instead of them having international trade and selling outside of the United States, they've been keeping it in the home front, making sure that they sell to the people that they see every day versus selling overseas. There's slower rations going out, flowing through the feedlots. With the feedlots slowly producing less feed, the farmers and ranchers are having to feed their cattle less and less. And instead of feeding them 40 to 65 days, they're having to feed them now to 90 to 110 days. And even in difficult times, the beef industry is still competitive, just like every other industry. With this, they are still trying to be at the top of the ranking, even during these tough times. Farmers and consumer farmers are getting paid less, and consumers pay more amid the beef shortage. With farmers getting paid less, they're likely to have difficulties not just on their farm but within their family as well. The shortage of money would result in cutbacks not just for the ranch but also for the farmers family as well. With this, they would have to stay at home to watch their kids if their kids are too young to go to school. And some of them are having to stop work just to go teach their kids if their kids can't even go to school that day. And with consumers wanting more, again, it's resulting in empty meat cases, not just in the store, but in every single retail that sells meat. The meat and, po- and poultry plants are closing. Due to this, the planner, the plant workers became ill in the very beginning, causing a lot of the plants to close. With the closure, it resulted in a lot less meat production for a while. The production lines closed. With this, it caused a lot of meat to rot and ruin. With the plants having to follow the regulations of COVID, they would have to have workers come in very early in the morning to very late at night, causing people to have to work very long, hard shifts, and working with just very few people. With all of this, the they were having to open different places just to make convert them into plants in order to have enough production going out for what was needed for everyone. For the adjustments in the beef industry, there were complications brought not just before, at the beginning of COVID, but still going on to this day throughout the workers and in the industry as well. The processing capacity slashed with with face-to-face workers. The workers were faced to, instead of work with people that they work with 24-7, they were forced to work by themselves, six feet apart, with masks, barely being able to see each other like they usually do, being welcoming and friendly. They just felt like they were basically trapped. The producers are forced to change their feeding methods due to the lack of feed that is being processed and output by the feedlots. The marketing strategies have been changed dramatically. It used to be producers would get their feed, go from the feedlot to the cattle, go from the cattle 45 days later, go to slaughterhouse, get slaughtered, then go to the meat processing plant. Now it's a very long and hard process and it takes twice as long just to get the product out that's needed to be made. 
management decisions have been made to sustain the value of the herd. If the herd is not valued as high as it once was because they had to lower their portions, they had to increase the amount of days that they would be feeding their cattle versus how few they used to. Feed it for long periods of time to portion the feed out evenly was a big concept for this. In order to get the feed to the cattle, they had to wait to get enough feed in order to feed them. But it evened out at the end with the price of corn lowering. It helped them out dramatically. Challenges we will face day in and day out for years to come. But with these challenges, it not only helped producers, but also consumers learn that there are new methods that can be used throughout years to come. No matter how long COVID will last for the rest of this, I know that producers are starting to slowly figure out what they can do within not just their home base, their hometown, but in international trade as well. And consumers are starting to realize that there's more proteins and more things that they can use outside of meat products to get that point that they need for that day. Thank you so much for listening to me today. Have a great day. And Jace will be speaking with you now. Hi, my name is Jace Jarlsberg, and uh, today I'm going to be talking about the uh, price of beef from the finishing stage to the point of consumption. This meaning um, how the coronavirus has affected the beef market and the price of beef um, from the point of finish, that being the feedlot sold to the slaughterhouse, all the way up to the point that the steak hits your table. So how much you as a consumer are paying for a cut of beef um, and how the coronavirus has affected those prices. So looking at the price of beef on hoof from the feedlot to slaughter, um, you know, before COVID-19, things were looking pretty well. Um, the virus really, really hit the Midwest and uh, pretty hard, actually, with the arrival of the coronavirus. And this resulted in a decrease in market value of beef on hoof, that being live uh, from the feedlot to the slaughter facility. So we see in 2020, USDA out. Livestock Outlook report showed feeder cattle on April or in April of 2019 as roughly $142 per hundred weight. This being equivalent to $1.42 per pound. Um, and these figures were found on farmprogress.com. So during 2019, um, specifically April 20th of 2020, uh, we see beef sold in Oklahoma, Texas, and New Mexico over contract um, at $105 per hundredweight or $1.05 per pound. This was a decrease of 37 cents compared to this time in 2019, which as we can all tell is not good. Um, this was provided by Direct Slaughter Cattle Roundup Report on April 20th of 2020, provided by the USDA. So after COVID-19 and kind of as COVID-19 slows down uh, closer to today, um, on April 12th of 2021, we see a hopeful and positive increase in the price for slaughter steers. Uh, on this day, they sold for $120 per hundred weight or $1.20 per pound. 
this is a nice 12.5% increase over the last year and really shows a good progress. Also provided by uh, Direct Slaughter Countup Cattle Roundup Report on April 12th of 2021. So now we uh, kind of address the price of beef sold at market to the consumer. This being how much you pay at Walmart or Aldi or your local butcher for beef. Um, and these are all averages of choice grade consumer cuts, all choice grade consumer cuts. Um, so in April of 2019, choice beef values showed an average price per pound for the entire month as $5.81 per pound. Um, that was provided by meat price spreads uh, collected by the USDA. Then in April of 2020, choice beef values showed an average price per pound for the month as $6.22 per pound. And this was a really surprising increase of 41 cents per pound. Uh, this was kind of an outlier for us. We're really not sure how that happened, but it did. Then um, following up in March of 2021, this being the latest data I could get my hands on, um, choice beef value spread and the all fresh retail value showed the average price per pound for the month as $6.39. Uh, this represents a more expected increase of 17 cents per pound over the year. Also meat price spreads provided by the USDA for March of 21. So now kind of taking this in a different direction. Um, looking at American consumption of beef over time, we see a very interesting um, effect here. And I think that has a lot to do with the price of beef, um, but also has a effect on the price of beef. And let me repeat that, has been affected, but also has an effect on the price of beef. So before COVID-19, uh, in the U.S. alone, the month of April 2019 showed the production of 2.26 trillion pounds of beef for the consumer market, meaning that 2.26 trillion pounds of beef were consumed. Um, so then moving to during COVID-19, in April of 20 or 2020, um, the U.S. showed the production of 1.8 trillion pounds. This is a 450 million pound deficit. I don't have to explain to you how much of a difference 450 million pounds is. Um, then in 2021 or February of 2021, as COVID kind of starts to ramp down, uh, this is the latest data I can get my hands on. The U.S. showed the production of 2.11 trillion pounds per or of beef for human consumption. This being an increase of 300 million pounds compared to 2020. Very, very glad to see this. Um, but the problem is that we still have a deficit of 115 million pounds from 2019. Um, this was all provided by the livestock and meat domestic data um, gathered by the USDA as well. So, as we take a look at the data presented and kind of analyze the effects this pandemic has had on both agriculture producers as well as consumers, we see that 
it is the cause of a massive loss of income uh, on both sides of the spectrum. This resulting in a deficit that we as a country are going to be fighting for a long, long time um, to come back from. These effects of COVID-19 will be seen for years to come, and agriculture will continue to reflect these changes that the pandemic has demanded of this industry.